0: I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam. And this is Translating ADHD. Before we get started this week, a reminder that our next group coaching course is now accepting applications. That course will be on Project X. For more information, visit the website translatingadhd.com. Click on the group coaching tab and class begins for that course on Wednesday, April 13th. So, Cam, what are we diving
1: into today? So, Shelley, wow, this is, and and listeners, you you don't see what we do here, how we've come to this this episode, fascinating process that I think that we could let people in on at some point to see our creative process, because it really works. And so just where we started and where we are right now is is really fascinating. Right? Just in the last 45 minutes to really clarify what we're focusing on today. So what we're focusing on today is again more on opening the door to positive emotions. And you know, we were talking about prior to recording, just whenever we dig into something, it just opens doors, opens doors. So we get into these other concepts, big agenda, values and needs. And we're like, "Wow, this is like so much more to explore. So what are we what are we gonna fit into this shoebox for today? And so what we thought was that before we keep going with positive emotions, we just have to take a sidestep over to this idea of positive structures. And Shelly, it had me thinking about my own experience with using emotion in my life. And it's like, again, listeners like, why are you guys focused on emotion? What's up with this? Just help me deal with my ADHD. Emotion and ADHD are linked in so many different ways. And so much more than just regulation, right? Emotion is about motivation. So Shelly, I want to start with a story here of Young Cam. Young Cam is becoming a teacher for the first time. The year is 1991. And guess what my motivation was for teaching? I'll tell you, it wasn't positive. So, you know, we've talked about our own experiences in the classroom. And so I got a job because I knew somebody. That's how I got in the door. Uh, But once I got in the door, it worked and I was pretty good.
0: I want to jump in and just say that statement of I got a job because I knew somebody. That alone shows where your headspace was at this time. That's very one down. Oh, yeah. For a lot of my clients, I find some of our early work in really learning to embrace journey thinking is reframing their career story up to the point that they've come to coaching, putting themselves in the picture and seeing where they were at choice and where they were revealing new stepping stones on their journey to step on all the way. Because so often my clients do exactly what you just did. They describe Something important that happened along the way as something that happened to them or something that they lucked into rather than something that they were a part of. So, yes, you knew somebody, and at that time it felt like you sort of lucked or sidestepped your way into this, but you were in a choice in taking this job. Sorry, just wanted to throw that in there.
1: I love that. I love that sidestep there. Yeah, so true. You got me there. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know I was going to be calling you out? Tag, you're it, Cam.
1: Oh, (laughs) I feel seen. Yeah, so the motivation was not positive. It was really negative in the sense of um, the statement, my internal statement was, I'll show you. Ooh. I'll show you. Yeah, I'll show you. Who are you showing what? I'm showing my teachers how to reach kids. Now, and and I want to be really clear. I went to a great school with great teachers and they were great people. Most of them were great. Some were not. And again, this is the 70s and 80s where a kid shows up and ADHD is not a thing. It's just not a thing. There's a lot on uh, learning disabilities, reading and writing disabilities, but on ADD, not a lot. And so it's that you know cumulative effect of being dismissed or fit into this box and not being able to fit into this box. And so I had a lot of emotion there that I channeled into, I'm going to show you. And that fueled me for about half of my teaching career. Ooh, talk about what that
0: felt like, having that negative emotion. Being the fuel to your fire?
1: Honestly, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful, like, because it's the elixir, right? It was addictive. There was, it was crystal clear. Was it good for me? No, because that inner voice to others and being critical of others then easily turned its scattershot to me. And I developed an inner critic from that anger, right? So you can see how emotion comes into play and you just let's throw in emotional regulation challenges and so the spikes are higher the valley visits or the pool visits are deeper and not having those natural boundaries or stop gaps to slow myself down it would go into right and and what was there Shelly was fuel to get up and go and that's the thing I would just want to make certain I got across today was we do what we have to do, right? We use the motivation or fuel that we develop out of necessity.
0: Cam, you're so right about the compounding effects of negative emotion. I have a client right now who's really digging in and working on that self-judgment. And she too has that judgment of others she doesn't like that about herself, but it's so interesting that when that's on board and when that's the mode in which we're operating, it's judgment of others and then 10 times more harsh turned
1: around on ourselves. Yeah. And again, to go above the lunch counter here and a reference to this cause and effect dynamic. Being in an environment Let me back up a little bit here. Okay. So again, what we do, because we don't have an ability, mm, I don't know what the words are there, but the ability to create positive structures, we resort to what works, right? We still have to get up and go to school, you know, develop a lesson plan, uh, show up and work, hit our marks. And so we find a way to be successful. And so because we don't have that ability to create positive structures easily with ADHD, what we do is we set up and react to our environment, right? That whole thing of when we judge others, in part, it's because we're wired for external inputs. We're wired for comparing. How am I doing compared to this other person? Why does it look so easy for them? And it's so hard for me. And so we resort to this reactive mode and we go to our reflexive network in our brain, which happens to be the fight-flight, the negative neural network. It's a consequence motivation system. So listeners, just give yourself a break right cuz you're like oh i should be more like shelly and cam or oh i should have more positive emotion in my life you can't really have positive emotion if you don't have other elements positive structures to anchor to last week we talked about anchoring to a positive outcome all through these episodes we've been talking about seeing yourself in the picture right that is another positive structure that we can start to hang positive emotions on. And this is the interesting thing that happened for me, Shelly, is that I didn't give up. I stayed in the game and kept teaching because I didn't see another option. I didn't see any other options until coaching came along. So when I started into coaching, well, then really the doors came off the vehicle because there were no external structures of show up at this time. It was just wide open. So it really, again, came to this reckoning of, wow, even my anger, and I'll show you, isn't getting any kind of traction on this slippery ice. So I had to resort to something else. And this is the fascinating thing that happened for me. Before you dive into that
0: fascinating
1: thing, just
0: again, want to point out such a common experience with my clients where for a time, sometimes for a long period of time, being fueled by that negative emotion works. But eventually, for one reason or another, we're going to tap out. That fire is going to burn out. And there is nothing at that point that we are going to be able to do to relight it.
1: Yeah. And that, that moment came to me in a parking lot in my, between my fifth and sixth year. It was the summer between my fifth and sixth year of my second job. So it was my, between my eighth and ninth year of teaching. And I ran into my, my principal, who was amazing guy, like just brilliant. And there he was. And I saw him and I, I came up to him and he was like, Hey, how are you doing, Cam? I'm like, John, I need to do something different this year. And I kind of like, almost out of desperation, kind of just grabbed him. I still remember it, grabbing him and saying, do you have something else for me? Because that fuel rod had been totally spent and I got nothing. So I was in the midst of burnout, crispy critter and looking at him and like, and, and he kind of looked at me like, whoa, dude, I'm just out picking up some some groceries, man. <laughs> <laughs> really? We gotta do this now? But it's it's again, that memory is so visceral for me. It's right there. And so he didn't have something for me. It was a small little school with a limited budget and really couldn't move things around too much. So I had to you know, either quit or keep going. And so it was that, that keep going, I had to dig through and find something else. I had to find another fuel source to be successful. And so this is where kind of a structure that we talked about in coaching, Right our big agenda. Listeners, we've talked about the big agenda. We've talked about values and seeing yourself in the picture. And so in this period of time, in the bright, big signal of this negative fuel source, this rage and anger and contempt, like I'll show you, I wasn't able to see what truly mattered to me. I wasn't able to get in touch with a really important Value of mine, core value. And when I considered it, I thought, couldn't possibly be. That value is learning. I say education slash learning is a big, big, big value of mine. It fuels everything I do now. And it's this powerful, powerful source. At that time, I couldn't connect with it. Shelly, we've talked before about the Significance of connecting to community and being seen as your authentic self, and being able to put that mask down. This is another connection of connecting to something that is relevant only to you. This is an internal element. And again, with ADD, we're so wired for external incomings. And you've talked about that defensive crouch. When you're at the defensive crouch, you're just like looking out, waiting for some something else to happen. So why could I not connect with education learning? Well, my my record to that point as a student was really a contrary experience. I was a terrible student. Again, and, and I know what you're going to say. That's that one down. Yes. Because if I go back over my history, there were moments when people would say something contrary to that. Like, you were the best student in the classroom. what? I got a C minus, but I was the best student in the classroom. What's that about? I had to come to terms with separating my experience with learning and this value, collapse distinction, to kind of tug that apart and really think about you know what can get me up in the morning? What gets me up in the morning now? This podcast is all about understand own translate. It's all about sharing information back to. I think it was Sarah R. last week with her letter to us, right? Her email to us about making a difference. What made a difference there was information, accurate information that's going to make a change. That's learning, that whole learning process.
0: Cam, I've often talked about how quickly you said yes when I proposed this podcast concept to you. And what you're discussing right now illuminates why. Even though you are incredibly busy, and you cannot possibly take every opportunity that comes your way, you know which ones serve your big agenda and serve this value of education. And this was an opportunity to educate in a bigger way and a more consistent way than you were currently doing. And that's where that instant yes came from. It came from this value and knowing this value. Right? it wasn't a yes of knee-jerk reaction or overcommitting. You have great boundaries. You necessarily have to. It was a yes of, yes, this serves my big agenda, my value of education, and fits in with what I want to be doing with my career.
1: Yeah. And, you know, in my 20 years of coaching, what's really interesting too is... Again, I was reaching a burnout phase around year seven. And it was at that point when I recommitted to really a diversity of services to really move in the direction of presenting, teaching, and mentoring. So I still love coaching, but just doing that and again, having that impact with just one person. Now I know when I train somebody to coach, it's multiplying that whole education learning thing, that there's a coach in Wales who's taken one of our concepts from episode 14. Remember those levels of interest we introduced in episode 14, Shelly, right? She's taken that and has put a free test on her site with you know our logo. And thanks to us, that people can come and use that as a tool. And we'll, we'll talk more about that when it's up and, and going because it's just about to be ready. But that like, that's the stuff, right? It's like your book project to make this more available to more people. My positive change initiative, right? It's that hunger and desire to, we've got this nugget of information and we, it's just a matter of getting it out to the people so they can understand and have agency. That's powerful. And right now, I've got like chills. What is that? That's positive emotion. That's positive emotion that I'm able to hang off of this bigger structure of sense of self, value, tethering to something that really matters to me. Education and learning matters to me. Listeners, think about what matters to you, right? It's not necessarily the same. Cam, you said what I was about to say is
0: here's the positive emotion coming out right now. And the beautiful thing about that anchor is it is a fire that won't burn out. You will not reach burnout in the way that you did before, grabbing your boss in a grocery store with this fire. With that being said, I think it's important before we conclude for today to point out that this is not a magical elixir or a magical fix. And so I'll share something of my own that's going on right now. One of my big agenda points, one of two, as relates to my career, is elevating the ADHD coaching industry. And the other is changing the conversation on ADHD. This podcast is currently serving that my forthcoming book project, which I was totally not ready to announce on this podcast. So thanks for that. But now now I, now I, guess, now I guess we're big C committed to writing a book.
1: Just nudging you out there. <laughs> nudging, nudging. As you do.
0: But to that first point of elevating the ADHD coaching industry, in order to be able to do that, I need to be able to do what you were doing, Cam. I need to be able to train and mentor coaches. And in order to do that... I need to be certified. Now, I have avoided the certification process for a very long time because there wasn't a compelling reason to do it. My clients didn't care. They cared about my experience. They cared about their results. They cared about how the coaching relationship was going. I never once had a prospective client ask if I was certified. So it is something that I never pursued.
1: Well, let me, and but let's make a distinction between certified and training, right? You're one of the most (laughs) overtrained
0: <laughs> oh for sure oh for sure it's it's actually hilarious
1: lots of training people okay
0: it's hilarious how how overtrained and overqualified i am for this certification now that i'm actually pursuing it right anyway now that i'm looking in that direction there's a compelling reason to do certification and still and cam knows this to be true because he's been supporting me the whole way it's been what seven or eight months of slogging through this process that is intended to take maybe three or four weeks. It's hard. It is really hard for me. That bureaucratic mess of paperwork and documenting is just a mountainous wall of awful. And there have been massive delays and massive chunks of time in which I have not Moved that forward at all. However, little by little, over this longer span of time, I'm getting there, because there's that feel of the positive outcome. And while it's not strong enough to incinerate this big, awful thing, it is strong enough to remind me that there's a bigger why here, and that I want this. as painful as it as massive as the pain portal is to get it. I want this and I want what's on the other side of it. And that's huge. That's huge. Cam, I started, and again, you know this because you were my mentor coach. I started the certification process two or three times prior to this and did not follow through. This time, no matter the delays, no matter how small the progress is over time, I know I'm going to get it done. I know I'm going to get it done. Because what's on the other side is too important to me and my values to not get it done.
1: I really like you bringing in that story and uh, talk about some vulnerability there. So as we wrap up today, listeners, lots to be thinking about. Where I'd like you to begin is just to have some self-compassion, which is a positive emotion. I think what we can do is if we're in a sort of vigilant state, we can't leave our post. We can't give ourselves a break. You can start by giving yourself a break. Stand up and breathe, right? That often the body mimics what the brain is thinking. If you're in a defensive crouch, kind of like waiting for the next thing to come in, the next urgent matter, to stand up and really breathe, come back to that curiosity from last week. Can you tether to some positive outcome? Can't really tether to that larger one. Again, just the end of the day, envisioning getting to a place that's different from where you are right now. And then with that keen observer to notice how you have gotten to this place. I got to that place in the parking lot. It was not great, but I got there. And again, I was just coping, I was just doing what what I knew I had to do because I didn't have any other information. And so seeing yourself and what do you set yourself up to react to? What are the emotions in play? Look at them from a distance because it's really hard to insert positive emotion when you've got the big negative emotion in play. The anxiety, the worry, the stress, the anger. Okay, So standing up, breathing, and starting to be curious about what you might be able to tether to. We've just scratched the surface here, Shelly, right? We're going to go way into big agenda and more about this concept of values and needs, distinguishing those.
0: Yeah. And finding your own positive outcomes to tether to. This is all stuff that we're going to go more into. Listeners, we're going to skip the regular outro for today. And instead, I'm going to goad you all a little bit for some new reviews. It has been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. And listen, we all have ADHD here. So I understand that for some of you, there's a a wonderful intention and a wall of awful. And that's okay. I'm not trying to push you through your wall of awful. But for those of you who have simply forgotten, and there's no wall of awful or any other barriers there, if you could please take the time to leave us a review. Cam and I are so grateful for those. And they really are the number one thing that you can do to help out the show. Perhaps number two next to sharing us and sharing us often with those around you. So until next week, I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam, And this was Translating ADHD. Thanks for listening.